Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Hi, I'm Carl Gearhart from the Giant Country Horns. This podcast is In the Loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com, stay in the loop, and sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to Relics.com.
Hi friends, welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is a quick hit for August 7th, 2018 at the BB&T Center in Camden, New Jersey. You've got Matt here and on the line with me today is Seth. Hey Seth, how's it going, man? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, and so we're going to talk to Seth today about his experience last night in Camden. First, um, just a couple of other things to cover. As we've mentioned on the last couple of episodes, um, if you're still trying to get into Curveball, there are opportunities available through the Work Exchange Team, or WET. Uh, those folks offer you the opportunity to work a few shifts at the festival and in turn um, get to purchase a ticket at what I believe is a discounted cost. So it's a nice way to get in if you're not able to find a wristband at the moment. You can um, connect with those guys at workexchangeteam.com slash curveball. Um, and you, you also might be able to find opportunities if you go to the actual Curveball website uh, to work with Clean Vibes. If that's my, more your thing, I think they have a similar type of opportunity and are still looking for people uh, there. In terms of uh, things that are coming up for us, uh, RJ and I will be at uh, Merriweather this weekend. Um, and then uh, Jonathan will join us as well as a, a huge part of the Osiris podcast family up at Curveball uh, next weekend. We'll have the Osiris RV with a flag flying high. And throughout the weekend, there will be some things that we'll let you know about uh, contests and giveaways and things like that. Opportunities to uh, to come chat with us, chat with other folks who are podcast listeners like yourself and of course, all fish fans. Um, and so if you see us at Merriweather or uh, can, uh, can head up to, to Curveball, Ball, stop by and see us and grab a sticker say hi and we'd, we'd love to uh, to chat with you you know you know i'll be there matt yeah seth is gonna be there so um let's talk about uh last night seth um you got to go not only did you see fish last night in camden you're doing kind of a superman move here because um after the show you went back up to new york city where you live um i believe you are talking to us uh from long island right now where you work that's right, and I am, and now I'm heading back, catching a train right back to Penn Station, catch my ride in Jersey, go back to Camden, doing it all over again because, you know, one Camden show is never enough. And uh, yeah, like you, yeah, we're both Philly natives, and we've been seeing the band really, you know, do their thing with Camden and, and the man for a number of years, and it was kind of interesting for them to kind of go back to the larger shed this year. So there were definitely plenty of tickets out there. Um, you know, if you're still thinking about coming tonight, you probably have a good shot of getting in. Uh, and I wouldn't sleep on it if you can. But the weather's been really, really warm here. It's August. You know, it's the Northeast. It's the band's first show in the Northeast of the tour. And, and it was kind of sweltering last night. I was in the pit, um, which was a great vantage point. But I would say the heat index had to be hovering around 100. I tried to stay very hydrated throughout this, the set. And, you know, I thought the band for the most part, did really, really well. Uh, you know, the first set was definitely heavy on, on song selection and a lot of newer songs too. Uh, you know, they started with Crowd Control, which I think was a debut for this tour and uh, moved on, you know, No Man's and Blaze On, both, you know, debuted 2015 and 
two of my favorites of the newer area. And you know, there were there were definitely some interesting song selections in the first set. Mike brought back his new one, Infinite, so it was good to hear that again for the first time. Uh, highlight of the set for me, I think, there was a really nice little jam in 46 Days, and then David Bowie to cap the set, I thought was really, really strong. And that seems to be a song that Fish loves to play in the Philadelphia area. I've seen it there a number of times, and even in the second set, I, I felt like the band definitely came back to a lot of the songs that the, the Philly crowd was going to get very strong responses into. So that was great to see. Yeah, it seems like there's uh, some of those songs uh, that that they just love in Philadelphia, like Bowie, Wilson, of course, right? Wilson, King of Prussia, um, Julius. Uh, some of those some of those songs that I feel like have gotten a lot of play there. Um, as I look back on the first set last night, and I was of course just listening from the couch, I really love the little jam out of Infinite. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, and then the Bowie, which um, you know, Bowies have had a tendency to not really get out there in recent years. And I thought this one, um, you know, kind of, kind of went in a different direction for at least this, the first part of it. I, I feel like their style of jamming this year would lend itself really well to a really spacey out there, David Bowie. And, um, this was just kind of maybe the first step in that direction. So maybe by the end of the tour, we'll, uh, we'll hear a little bit more of that. Um, what, did, what did you think about that Bowie, Seth? Yeah, no, I thought it was really, really strong. Um, you know, as it got a little bit darker too, I think Karuda really kind of picked up the energy and, and you know, the, the rig is, is really something to behold, especially from the pit where it's literally ab- above you and, and you feel kind of immersed in it as, as it kind of moves up and down and all around. And that happened a, a bunch in the second set as well, but that was something I really, I really enjoyed. And it was a great way to end that set. And again, a lot of songs, I don't think anything went super deep, maybe more than, you know, the 10, 12 minute mark, but it, it, it was a well-played set and, you know, they definitely went all over the catalog. Yeah. So then the, the long exploration would come at the start of the second set with the disease, uh, which I thought was fantastic. It, it approached the 25 minute mark, multiple different sections of improv, uh, some, some space that got really, really dark, um, some, some more upbeat, uh, sections. Um, so, so tell us a bit about that, down with disease to start out the set and then how the rest of the second set played out for you. Yeah. And, and during just, you know, during set break, I actually went looking for, you know, a couple friends of mine out on the lawn and it was raining pretty good out there. And I have to tell you, after really being in the steam bath down the pit, it, it was pretty refreshing. Gave me a little bit of extra energy so that I had a uh, opportunity to, you know, to really uh, enjoy that second set. But yeah, the disease comes out, not, not a huge shocker. They, they play disease a, a lot in Philadelphia as well. It's a song the crowd is always big on, but they quickly, you know, turned it into a couple new gears there. Uh, there were a couple different modulations. I know that they went into a couple key changes, but um, there were some really glorious moments there. I, I definitely think it was one of the best diseases I've personally heard in, in 3.0. Um, best one I can think of in the last couple of years, at least for my ears, I'm sure there's, there were some really good ones. The one at Baker's Dozen last year was great too, uh, but very, very strong. And, and, you know, it's always going to be one of their heavy hitting second set opening jam vehicles, but it was good to see them, you know, let the jam kind of deconstruct and then reconstruct it in a totally new direction. So that they did really well there. And then I felt similar things happened a little bit later on in that set. But, you know, they ended up settling into number line and, you know, 
I think the theme for the overall show for me is this may not have been the song list I would have personally picked, but they did a really good job in terms of placement and making all these songs count. So the number line was standard, but it actually fit really well after that monster of a disease. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Numberline didn't suck too much energy out of the crowd uh, when that started out, as, as that tends to happen. Um, it seemed like they didn't lose a whole lot of momentum because there were some great things that came uh, later in the second set after the uh, after the Numberline, right? They kept it going, and, and you know, I think uh, the band had smiles on their faces all night, even Lawn Boy in the first set, which is a great moment where, you know, I remember Paige was really hamming it up, but Trey was grinning big. I know he was really stoked to be back with his people in the Northeast and New Jersey. So I, I think he was just really kind of eating it up and enjoying, you know, playing what he wanted to play. And, and we were kind of on, on and along for the ride. Yep. And then I always wanted it this way, which uh, is a great second set tune. I think um, it's got kind of spacey at the end before heading into miss you. And then we have that amazing, almost unexpected uh, strong fourth quarter with light straight into Mike's song, Hydrogen Weekapog Groove. So uh, what can you tell us about that, Seth? Yeah, and again, Light, another one of those songs where you may not necessarily be super excited to hear when it starts up, but you know it's going to lead to some interesting exploration. And this was just a great exercise in, in really full band improv. I thought there was a lot of interesting happenings. There was a lot of rhythms that were going on with Fishman and, and, and Mike really moving around the beat and the flow of the song and uh you know the jam took off i know page got on his synthesizers a bit trey got on a lot of his new pedals they mixed it up pretty nicely and yeah matt that drop into mike's song i think really just gave us the, the burst we needed to kind of rage through and then sweat through that fourth quarter down there because it was a uh, real high energy but the mike song itself seemed to be played a little abnormally i don't know if you sense that as well yeah it seemed like he was doing something there i heard he was throwing in like an extra you know flatted note or something like that at one point in the riff it's it sounded a lot to me like something that um he used to do a lot in the early 90s where he would kind of you know mess something up or maybe even intentionally play a lick slightly wrong um just to be playful and, and a lot of times mike would jump in and sort of do the same thing um but uh yeah i i, ca- I definitely did catch that yeah and, and then honestly the, the the jam in mike's song uh was one of my highlights as well again karuda really was a superstar during this jam and, and even you know up in the pit like where you don't necessarily see the entire light show the fact that now like the lights themselves are in motion uh, and moving around was really cool to witness. And, you know, the band as well just had kind of the shit eating grins on their faces during this jam. They knew that we wanted to hear Mike's song and they did it and they were all about it. Yeah, I thought this was a great example of where, you know, there may not have been an official second jam, um, you know, after the, uh, the, the, the coda there, um, but they they got to a certain place, uh, in the main part of the jam, um, where it got outside of the regular F sharp minor groove and, um, got to a a really kind of unique, um, happy place. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think they, they tease something at that point. Um, and then, um, from that point, you know, they could have just rushed through because it was getting late in the set. Um, but it, it seemed like, uh, you know, they, they took the time to at least put a little bit something extra on that mics. Yeah. It it was already pretty late by the time they started it. And and I kind of sensed that we were going to get a straight, 
like Cyrogen Weka Paw, and that would be the end of the set, and that was totally fine. The one thing I'll say about Weka Paw is, uh, you know, I, I think again, it, it's one of the hottest days in the year. I thought the band maybe got a little bit sloppy in the, in the intro, but they brought together a really nice peak at the end. You know, it's always a great song to hear. Uh, it wasn't necessarily like a long exploration type of, you know, maybe a holiday run 90s week of hot groove or anything like that. But it was certainly, uh, you know, a really fun way to end that set. Um, as far as the encore is concerned, listen, uh, you know, again, this is the type of show where it maybe not have been every single song I wanted to hear necessarily, but uh, it's what the band was feeling that night. And, and, you know, if Trey decides, hey, he wants to thank everybody and be appreciative that he's, you know, back home in the Northeast and cap with show of life, I think they earned it, especially given the conditions they were dealing with that night. So uh, you know, it was a real fun night, but I got to say, I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I'm mustering the energy to hop on the Jersey Turnpike and, and come back down tonight because I think we're in store for a lot of surprises on night two of Camden. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and then as far as, you know, other things that I, I caught in that set, um, what I was trying to think of just a second ago and, and struggling to uh, for the words there was during the mic song, um, they wound up teasing you sexy thing, right? Oh, yes. No, I forgot about that. And that was that was definitely a highlight. Yeah, you could really hear that moment on the even coming through on the Wook stream through somebody's phone, um, the, the fired up Tuesday night Philly crowd uh, loving it when they uh, dropped back into that. And then the other thing that I caught uh, during that set um, that I really liked was during the light, they got to a place where the groove sounded a lot like um, You Never Know, that, that song that they just played once during the Wingsuit set in, on Halloween a few years ago. And um, that had come out itself from a light jam in Burgettstown the summer before. So kind of cool to hear that groove come full circle and make a return again in, uh, in the light last night in Camden. Yeah. And, and honestly, with, with the you sexy thing thing, I wonder if this is going to be maybe a recurring tease that kind of makes its way through the last week of the tour. It definitely seems like something they had a lot of fun with in Atlanta and it was, it was great that they threw the Northeast a little, a little sexiness as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but as far as the encore, you know, I, I kind of like the song Show of Life, um, and I, I don't mind it to, sh- to close a show, particularly when it's night one of a two-night run, real hot night, like you told us, and, um, you know, you're about to, uh, you kind of let the audience go on a gentle note before uh, getting everybody back together with night two to, to pick up the party again, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to be recharged and ready to go, and hopefully it won't be quite as hot. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to be sitting tonight, but I'll be in there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm thinking maybe to go a little bit more in the old school direction tonight, but we'll definitely find out. Awesome. So, Seth, if we're going to send everybody out here on a little clip from last night, which jam do you think uh, we should feature? You know, I was going to say disease, and as big a fan as I am of that, I know that you guys featured uh, the disease jam from, from Austin. So I'm going to say the last probably five, six minutes of light kind of into that whole like mind fuck of a like song segue that would be my pick I, I i think uh i think your audience is gonna like hearing that and and you know again really good 2018 fish band improv with uh all these members kind of you know exploring their rigs and uh you know doing a great job of listening and i think this will carry over and i think curveball in particular should be really really special if they keep this up 
Sweet, man. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know you have to planes, trains, and automobile it down to Camden for night two. But thanks for taking some time out of your day to uh, tell us about what happened uh, for you last night at the Camden show. And uh, look forward to seeing you next weekend at Curveball, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Matt. And uh, thanks and helping friendly podcast, Osiris. And I'll see you guys next week. Cool. So you can find Seth on Twitter at Saxon Strikeouts. And uh, we're going to let you go here on a little clip of the light into Mike's song from last night. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.